Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Victor Ruiz, your host from Getting Healthy Today. Today's broadcast, we're going to be talking live about epilepsy. Hi, everyone. This is Victor Ruiz, your host of Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives, Block Talk Radio Program. Just like we said, today we're talking about epilepsy, and I'd like to dedicate this program to all the listeners who either are someone who endures this condition or know someone who endures this condition. Let's start off by explaining what epilepsy is. It is a central nervous system disorder in which the brain activity becomes abnormal, causing seizures or periods of unusual behavior, sensations, and sometimes a loss of awareness. Now, anyone can develop epilepsy, and the epilepsy affects both males and females of all races, backgrounds, and ages. Now, seizure symptoms can vary widely. Sometimes people with epilepsy simply stare blankly for a few seconds during a seizure while others repeatedly twitch their arms or legs. Now, I've worked with people that in the past that I had to work with that had these conditions and they would um, have a seizure. And one of the things you want to do is you want to make the area when they have a seizure very uh, safe and clear so that they don't harm themselves. Um, having a single seizure does not mean that a person has epilepsy. At least two unprovoked Seizures are generally required in order for someone to be diagnosed with epilepsy. Now, treatment with medications or sometimes even surgery can control seizures for the majority of people with epilepsy. Now, sometimes people can require lifelong treatment to control these seizures, but for others, the seizures can eventually go away. And some children with epilepsy may outgrow the condition with age. Now, this information today is brought to you by mayoclinic.org. So definitely check them out for other health-related topics at www.mayoclinic.org. Now, let's talk about the symptoms of epilepsy. Well, the symptoms are the following. The person may have temporary confusion, a staring spell, uncontrollable jerking movements of the arms and legs, loss of consciousness or awareness, psychic symptoms such as fear, anxiety, or even deja vu. Now, the symptoms vary on each type of seizure. Now, in most cases, a person with epilepsy may have the tendency to have the same type of seizure each occurrence. So the symptoms may be similar from episode to episode. Now, doctors generally can classify seizures as either focal or generalized based on the abnormality of the brain activity as it begins. And this is something I didn't know about seizures, this idea of focal or generalized. So this is interesting. Let's talk about focal seizures and what they are. This is something that I learned when I researched this topic for our show today. Now, when seizures appear to be abnormal in just one area of the brain, they're called focal or partial seizures. These seizures fall into two categories. Now, focal seizures without loss of consciousness is called simple partial seizures. These seizures don't cause, the, don't 
cause a loss of consciousness, but they may alter emotions or change the way a person thinks, looks, smells, feels, tastes, or even hears sound. They may also result in involuntary jerking of a body part, such as an arm uh, or leg, and a a spontaneous sensory symptoms such as tingling, dizziness, and flashing light. Focal seizures with an impaired awareness is also called complex partial seizures. These seizures involve a change or a loss of consciousness or awareness in the individual. Now, during complex partial seizures, a person may stare into space and not respond normally to your environment or perform repetitive movements such as hand rubbing, chewing, swallowing, or walking in circles. Now, the symptoms of these focal seizures may be confused with other neurological disorders, such as migraines, narcolepsy, or even a mental condition. A thorough examination and testing are needed to distinguish epilepsy from other disorders. Now, generalized seizures can appear in all areas of the brain and which are called generalized seizures. There are six types of generalized seizures which exist. And let's talk about those. Absent seizures, previously known as petite mal seizures, often occur in children and are characterized by staring into space or subtle body movements. Now, tonic seizures cause stiffening of your muscles. These seizures usually affect muscles in your back, arms, and legs, and may cause you to fall to the ground. Atonic seizures also known as drop seizures, can cause a loss of muscle control, which may cause you to suddenly collapse or fall down. Clonic seizures are associated with repetitive or rhythmic jerking muscle movements. These seizures usually affect the neck, face, and arms. Now, myoclonic seizures usually can appear as a sudden brief jerk or twitch of the arms and legs. Tonic-clonic seizures previously known as grand mal seizures, are the most dramatic type of epileptic seizures and can cause an abrupt loss of consciousness. Body stiffening and shaking, sometimes a loss of bladder control or biting of the tongue. Now, you may ask the question, when is it necessary to see a doctor if you know somebody or you are experiencing these symptoms, possibly, you know about them? The seizure would have to last more than five minutes. Breathing or consciousness does not return after a seizure stops. A second seizure follows immediately. You may experience a high fever, experience heat exhaustion. If you're pregnant, you have diabetes, you're injured yourself during the seizure. If you experience a seizure for the first time, please see, seek medical advice. All right, you're listening to Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives, Live Talk radio program. And we're live, as you know, and the, the show's phone number is 215-383-3984. If you want to comment or ask a question, feel free to do so now. But, again, it's 215-383-3984. We're going to come right back after we hear this message. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the causes, some risk factors, complications, and other issues surrounding the diagnosis and treatment of this condition. As you all know, I've been a huge AdvoCare supporter for a long time. I've used AdvoCare products since 2002, my second year in the NFL. How time has flown by. Certainly, I can attribute a lot of my success around the AdvoCare products and around being part of Team AdvoCare. 
The motto at AdvoCare is we build champions. And certainly, I'm one of those individuals who's very self-motivated. And when it's all said and done, I want to be a part of a team that's a championship team. And I know I have that with the New Orleans Saints, and I certainly know I have that with the AdvoCare family as well. It's a great feeling and certainly a great opportunity to be the national spokesperson for AdvoCare. I take it as a great responsibility and certainly a great amount of pride, not only in representing the product and the AdvoCare name, but also the thousands of distributors who are working tirelessly every day to show the world what a great company AdvoCare is, what a great family it is, and obviously what a great product they provide. All right, you just heard from Drew Brees, a great person, a great football player. We hope to see him again in the playoffs next year. And just as we're talking about the playoffs, I hope everybody is getting ready for the Super Bowl weekend that we have upon us. It will be the New England Patriots once again versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And all of you that are listening right now definitely want you to check this out. On YouTube, if you go and put in the search engine, Vicks Love Salsa, I did a presentation about nine years ago on Good Day New York with Rosanna Scotto and Reed Lamberti where I presented my salsa recipe, and I'm giving a gift to all the listeners today. Definitely go there. Check it out. Feel free to uh, share it out with your friends and family. Make sure you check out the recipe. Put it together. Make it as you have it in your, with your guests. Let me know how you liked it. I hope you enjoy it. So that's my gift to all my listeners today. Go to Vic's Love Salsa on YouTube. Download the, you know, the video. Check out the video. Uh, dot, jot down the recipe. Try it. Let me know. You could always reach me at Getting Healthy Today on Facebook. You can check me on my wall, Victor Tomas Ruiz, or check me out on Instagram or Twitter. Let me know how you liked it. So that's for all my listeners, uh, either old or new. So that's a great treat for all of you to try out. All right, so we're back. I'm Victor Ruiz, your host of Getting Healthy Today, Impacting People's Lives. And we're talking about epilepsy. We've talked about the overview and what are some of the types of seizures. We talked about uh, different seizures, we talked about focal seizures and some of the different names that are called now for seizures, like the grand mal seizure is called uh, something different now. It's called tonic-clonic seizure, and we've learned that. I learned that in doing this show this week uh, in studying the, the information. So right now I want to talk to you about the causes of epilepsy. Maybe some of you are asking, how does epilepsy actually form in the brain, and how do, why do some people have it and maybe some people don't? Okay, let's talk about that. Well, epilepsy has no identical uh, cause in about half of the people with the condition. In another half, the condition may be traced to various factors, which include the following, which I'm about to tell you, and that is genetic influences. Some types of epilepsy, which are characterized by the type of seizure that a person can experience in the part of the brain that is affected, runs in families. In these cases, it's likely that there is a genetic influence. Now, researchers have found a link to some types of epilepsy to specific genes. But for most people, genes are only part of the cause of epilepsy as a condition. Now, genes may make a person more sensitive to environmental conditions and factors, which actually trigger the seizures in general. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, head trauma as a result of a car accident or other traumatic injury can cause epilepsy, believe it or not. Brain conditions also can cause damage to the brain, such as brain tumors or strokes can cause epilepsy. Stroke is leading cause of epilepsy in adults older than age 35. Infectious diseases. Infectious diseases known as meningitis, AIDS, and viral encephalitis can also cause epilepsy. Those are some things I didn't know. Prenatal injury. 
before birth, babies are sensitive to brain damage that can be caused by several factors such as an infection in the mother, poor nutrition, or even oxygen deficiencies. Now, the brain damage can also result in epilepsy or cerebral, uh, cerebral palsy. Developmental disorders. Epilepsy can sometimes be associated with developmental disorders such as autism and neurofibromatosis. Now, let's look at risk factors. Now, obviously, everything I'm giving you folks, you would definitely have to speak with a doctor. Um, this is just basic information, and you should not diagnose yourself unless you actually have seen or sought out a medical professional. And that's something I really want to tell everyone out there. It's very important that you just don't diagnose yourself. Don't go on Google and try to figure out what you have because that's not really the best way to do it. You must, and I mean this, you must go to a professional and seek the attention that you feel that you need and to answer your questions and your concerns. Do not think that you have epilepsy just because of the symptoms I might have spoken about today. So please definitely go to your medical doctor and ask some questions and get tested to see what you may have. So anything you hear today, please do that. Okay. Now let's talk about the risk factors of this condition. Now, one of them is age. The onset of epilepsy is most common in children and older adults. But the condition can occur at any age and any time. Family history is another indicator. If you have a family history of epilepsy, you may be at an increased risk of developing a seizure disorder, which is also the need to speak to your doctor about this, too. doesn't mean you will get it, but it's something to think about and to recognize as you are experiencing possible uh, issues with this condition. Head injuries. Head injuries are responsible for some causes of epilepsy, and you can reduce your risk by wearing a seatbelt while riding in a car and wearing a helmet while bicycling, cycling, riding a motorcycle, or engaging in other activities of high risk of head injury. Stroke and other vascular diseases, right up my alley. I have a vascular disease. Uh, stroke and other blood vessel vascular diseases can lead to brain damage that may trigger epilepsy. You can take a number of steps to reduce your risk of these diseases, including limiting your intake of alcohol and avoiding cigarettes, eating a healthy diet, and exercising regularly. Dementia can cause the risk of epilepsy in older adults. Brain infections, infections such as meningitis, which causes inflammations in your brain or spinal cord, can cause increased risk. Seizures in childhood. High fevers in childhood can sometimes be associated with seizures. Children who have seizures due to high fevers generally won't develop epilepsy. The risk of epilepsy increases if a child has a long seizure, another nervous system condition, or family history of epilepsy. Now, let's take a look at complications. Now, seizure at certain times can lead to circumstances which are dangerous to yourself or other people. Now, these are some things that they noted. Falling. If you fall during a seizure, you can injure yourself based on hitting your head or breaking a bone. Drowning. If you have epilepsy, you're 15 to 19 times more likely to drown while swimming or bathing than the rest of the population because of the possibility of having a seizure while in the water. Car accidents. A seizure that causes either the loss of awareness or control can be dangerous if you're driving a car or operating other equipment. Now, many states have driver's license restrictions related to driver's ability to control their seizures and impose the minimum amount of time that a driver can be seizure-free, ranging from months to years before being allowed to drive. So there might be some restrictions on that for the person. Now, pregnancy complications. 
Now, during pregnancy, seizures can pose dangers to both the mother and the child, and certain epileptic medications increase the risk of birth defects. If you have epilepsy and you're considering becoming pregnant, talk to your doctor as you plan your pregnancy. Most women with epilepsy can become pregnant and have healthy babies, however. You need to be carefully, I'm sorry, you need to be careful in monitoring it throughout pregnancy, and medications may need to be adjusted. Obviously, consult your doctor. It's very important that you work with your doctor to plan your pregnancy the right way. Emotional health issues. People with epilepsy are more likely to have psychological issues, psychological problems, especially depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts and behaviors. Problems may be a result of difficulties dealing with the condition itself as well as the medication side effects. Now, other life-threatening complications of epilepsy are uncommon but may happen, such as the following. This one's called status epilepticus. The condition occurs if you're in a state of continuous seizure activity lasting more than five minutes or you've had frequent recurrent seizures without regaining full consciousness in between them. People with this condition have an increased risk of permanent brain damage and or death. Sudden unexpected death in epilepsy, that's SUDEP, S-U-D-E-P, all capitals. People with this epilepsy also have a small risk of sudden unexpected death. This cause is unknown, however, but some researchers have said that it may occur due to heart or respiratory conditions. People with frequent tonic-clonic seizures, which has also been named in previous years as Grand Mal, but this is a new name for it, the new title, are people whose seizures aren't controlled by medications may be a higher risk of this SUDP or SUDEP. Overall, 1% of the population of people would have to actually die of this SUDEP. So it's, it's pretty, pretty uncommon, but it's something to just note as uh, information. So let's talk about diagnosis and treatment prior to us departing our ways today in our show. But let's talk about it. Now, to diagnose the condition, the doctor We'll have to review your symptoms and, of course, your medical history. And also check to see if you have any family members that have had epilepsy to determine the cause. Now, a neurological exam is performed, and your doctor may be able to test the behavior, the motor abilities, the mental functioning, and other areas that you have to diagnose the condition and determine if you have a type of epilepsy or not. Blood tests are utilized. A blood sample is done to check for signs for infections, genetic conditions, or other conditions that may be associated with seizures. Now, your doctor also may suggest to detect brain abnormalities by the use of EEG, which is called an electroencephalogram, and it's the most common test used to diagnose epilepsy. In this test, doctors attach electrodes to your scalp with a paste-like substance, and the electrodes record electroactivity of your brain. Now, if you have epilepsy, it's common to have changes in your normal pattern of brainwaves, even when you're not having a seizure. So your doctor may monitor you on a video while conducting the EEG, and it will be during your, your wake or when you're sleeping. And, and then he would record the, or she or he would record the, the type of seizures that you have, the activity. Now, the other is the high-density EEG, which is a variation of the EEG test, which your doctor would recommend high-density EEG, which spaces electrodes more closely than the conventional EEG. And it's about a half a centimeter apart. And the high-density EEG may help your doctor more precisely determine which areas of your brain are actually affected by seizures. Now, a CT scan also can be used 
to obtain a cross-sectional study of the images of your brain. And it also can reveal the abnormalities in your brain that might be causing your seizures, anyway, such as tumors, bleeding, and cysts. Now, magnetic resonant imaging, resonant imaging is MRI, as you all know, and the MRI is used with powerful magnets and radio waves to create a detailed view of the brain. And your doctor may be able to detect the lesions or abnormalities that are formed in your brain and which could be causing the condition. Now, the functional MRI measures the changes of blood flow that occur within specific parts of your brain and which are working. Doctors may use an fMRI or functional MRI before surgery to identify the exact locations of the critical functions, such as speech and movement. Now, the PET, the positron, the positron emission tomography type of scan, uses a small amount of low-dose radioactive material that's injected into the vein to help us visualize active areas of the brain and detect abnormalities for the doctor. Spec type of tomography, a single photon emission computerized tomography, is another type of test that's primarily used if you had an MRI and EEG that didn't pinpoint the location of your brain where the seizures are originating. Now, neurological psychological tests. In these tests, doctors assess your thinking, memory, and speech skills. The test results help doctors determine which areas of your brain are impacted. Now, the SPM is another type of method. It's called the statistical parametric mapping. And it's a method of comparing areas of the brain that have increased metabolism during seizures to normal brains, which can give doctors the ideas of where your seizures uh, actually begin. Current analysis. Current analysis is a, current analysis is a technique that takes EEG data and projects it onto the MRI of the brain to show doctors where seizures are occurring. The MEG, the magnetic encephalography, MEG measures the magnetic fields produced by brain activity to identify potential areas of the seizure onset. Now, treatment. Doctors begin by treating epilepsy with medication. If medications uh, don't treat the condition, doctors may propose surgery or another type of treatment. Now, the medication with epilepsy can become seizure-free by taking one anti-seizure medication, which is also called an anti-epileptic medication. Others may be able to decrease the frequency and intensity of the seizures by taking a combination of medications. Now, many, children's with, many children with epilepsy who aren't experiencing epilepsy symptoms can eventually discontinue medication and live a seizure-free life. Many adults can discontinue medication after two or more years without these. Your doctor will advise you, of course, about the appropriate time to stop taking medication. Now, let's look at anti-seizure medications and what are some of the side effects or even mild side effects, which include fatigue, dizziness, weight gain, loss of bone density, skin rashes, loss of coordination, speech problems, memory, and thinking problems. Other rare side effects, but also have to be included here, are depression, suicidal thoughts and behaviors, severe rash, inflammation, or certain organs such as your liver. Now, to achieve the best seizure control possible medication, you, may, you need to follow these steps, is what doctors recommend, and that is take medication exactly as prescribed. Always call your doctor before switching to a generic version of your medication or taking other prescription medications over the counter during your herbal remedies. Never stop taking your medication without talking to your doctor. Notify your doctor immediately if you notice new or increased feelings of depression, suicidal thoughts, or unusual changes in mood or behaviors. Tell your doctor if you have migraines, and doctors may prescribe one of the anti-epileptic medications that can prevent your migraine and treat epilepsy. All right, folks, I hope you've had tremendous value from this discussion today. Just feel free to discuss this with your doctor if you have any idea that you may have this condition. 
So what I'd like to do is leave you with a great song today. It's called Good Fight by the group Unspoken. And you can check them out at www.unspokenmusic.com. I'd like to share that song with you, listen to the lyrics. Uh, it has some special meaning to me. And also, I wanted to tell everyone, thank you so much for being here and listening to the program. I really appreciate your time that you spent here with me today. But i also like to let you know you can reach out to me at Getting Healthy Today on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow me on Block Talk Radio for my programs. All my programs immediately are put on a, uh, the, sh- uh, the program Stitcher app and iTunes. You can check out me there. You can subscribe there and get all my episodes, my other 45 episodes with the various po- uh, topics. Just remember, this show helps listeners like you become informed and educated about various health issues and anything that's affecting you today. Always remember that my goal is to educate, motivate, and inspire all of you to become champions of life with success and good health. Don't forget, next week we're going to be talking about health and business and how that impacts you and other people. And check me out next week at 1130 for our weekly broadcast. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Take care. Until your heart stops, kick drum beating When it's hard times, when it's long days And the enemy is right up in your face When your back's against the ropes And you're feeling all alone Keep fighting the good
radio program. I love to see you next week. Don't forget, 1130 to 12 next week at com forward slash getting healthy today. Stay, enjoy your weekend.